Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode. So this is the ninth episode of the 10% podcast. Today on the podcast, I've got my most requested guest. Somebody people have been asking me for, for a very, very long time, probably since my second episode, I think. So welcome to the podcast, bro. I've got RY here today. How you doing, bro? Uh, good, good pleasure to be on a podcast. Not really known for doing any of these podcasts and videos like that. So we thought we'll start with something like this. Mm, mm. No, it was a good choice too. The first question, <laughs> yeah, I got for you today. And this question, it's not even from me. So Omar asked this question, yeah. What's your ideal outfit, bro? Um, for me, night shorts, grey night shorts, exactly what I'm wearing now. Grey night shorts, black yeah. night t-shirt. Mm. Little Nike socks. I've got my big little Sony headset on. Uh, nice little watch. The watch makes the outfit for me, man. I'm on this on this plain clothing or like baggy clothing with a nice yeah. watch type flex, and then basic trainers like New Balances. Yeah, all of that. Unless it's if it's a night out, then I don't mind a pair. Of dark. I'm a dark colors guy, innit? So maybe mm. some black jeans, nice gray hoodie, something basic, nice dark like. Uh, maybe the Batman or one of the darker colored Rolexes, something, something dark yeah. in it, and then maybe a pair of Valentino, something basic. No, nothing too special. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a swag guy, I'm not into LV Gucci and all of that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's similar to me still. That's bro, that's all I wear. You see, Nike graphic, literally, yeah, all bro. I wear that and oh. Under Armour, bro. All I wear is yeah. Under Armour. Yeah, Omar's outfit. What did Omar say? <laughs> bro, I don't even know. You, you see where it is before before I met him, or well, after I met him, just of hearing him without knowing how he looks and stuff, bro. I'd think he wears some like uncle clothing and stuff like that. Because he sounds like very sophisticated, isn't it? So it's like yeah, I have seen what this guy wears, bro. If I, I wish <laughs> I wish I could do a podcast exposing Omar in real life, bro. That little donut. <laughs> that guy's the funniest guy. Yeah, he's funny, man. But cool. So I think. I don't think it is out there how you kind of like got into trading and stuff. Not that I'm aware of. And I myself, I don't really have a clue. But so how how did you actually just, you know, get into this like industry? How did you start trading and like, how did you get introduced so, to it? I was, I was always the kind of numbers guy from young. Like I'm just good at maths. Uh, and I had a mad high interest in politics and stuff like that. So I read quite a bit. Like like a shit ton. I read a lot of articles, financial ties, but all, all that boring stuff. Um, but when I say I read, I mean I read like 20, 30 articles a day on just random stuff. I could tell you about the flipping India's economy and it's just stupid stuff. Yeah. So I was doing that at like 16, 17. Uh it, so that was about six, seven years ago. Wow, I'm getting old. And then uh from there, I kind of got introduced into cryptocurrencies slightly before the first bull run. So I actually started, I was trading crypto in the first bull run. And when I say trading crypto, I was just buying. I was like massive bag hold of XRP. Yeah. There was like Electronium was popping back in the first bull run. Uh, Bitcoin, of course. So when, when Bitcoin was priced at like two $300, so I think it was just before the bull run or maybe at the beginning of it. Uh, so I got in like that. I made a bit of change off of that. Um, bear in mind, I was a kid. I was at sixth form. And then I started trading like options, but like mad retail, literally just gambling, bro. Buy, sell, buy, sell. Literally just yeah. gambling. Then I thought... Yeah, go 
So, so I was just gonna say, so how how do options actually work? Because me myself, I don't even know. You know, I always see, like, well, especially American traders well, myself, I, talk about. I, I, I was doing binary options, in it. So it's like, bro, this mm. was like five years ago. But what it is, the way I was doing it, it's like you, I'll put like a hundred quid on on account or thousand or whatever, and then you can kind of like buy or sell. But you're holding trades for like five to fifteen seconds. I don't know if it's cool. I'm pretty sure it's good binary options. It's like you're yeah, holding yeah, trades for like five to thirty seconds, bro. It's some stupid shit. Maybe people are making money off it, but to me, wallahi, I was just gambling, bro. I watched bare YouTube videos on 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 the right methods. Blah, 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 blah. There was no right methods for me. It was all just silly. Then I started looking at FX. Uh, but the thing is, after sixth form, I decided to go uni first year because I got good grades at uh, sixth form. So I said, let me try this uni stuff. Went to uni. Hmm. Uh, yeah, uni weren't for me. So then I went back to trading crypto. I was trading crypto retail heavy. Like hmm. uh, Geo could tell you, even bands could tell you, I was making an absolute killing of uh, crypto trades. Like I was running a premium like 18 months ago, maybe two years now. And I was just doing spot pools. And it was it was ma- mainly based on fundamental analysis. Like we was catching like 13 Xs in Wallahi a week. And the chat's still there. People can, can go and see my old premium. Like we was doing ridiculous. Like we caught uh, FTM at like, two pence and then we call it again at like 18 pence rally to like two three dollars so we was doing like insane flips 30 40 x's on crypto so i was like yeah this is great and then i pulled out of the bull run pretty early um so we'd say maybe march or april of last mm-hmm. year so i came out a bit early and i just started scalping or like increasing my uh, btc and eth exposure because it, it was clear that bro from the time you're walking around the ends and you're hearing guys in bowling places saying yeah no bro well like yeah. bitcoin's gonna have the case <laughs> bro you don't you don't want to be invested in something yeah yeah that a random fella in bowling's telling you Allah he's got to 100k bear in mind i was a big i was a big screamer of bitcoin to 100k yeah but you you gotta learn to to be wrong and still make money it's not always about being right being right doesn't really pay any bills. It, it's about making money. So me, yeah. alhamdulillah, got out of the market at a decent time. And then this is when Bands and Geo introduced me to ICT. Mm. So we're talking about 15 months ago. Mm. Uh, something. I, I was trading, to be fair, I was trading ICT like 18 months ago, but not, not heavy. I was just introducing his basic ideas. And then it took me... And bro, Gio's my witness, and so is Bands, bro. Everyone says it takes you a year to learn ICT. Wallahi, I learned ICT in a month and became profitable off of it. But again, I'm a like I'm a very productive person. I can do 12 hours of study in a day. Uh, mm. So that's what I've done with ICT. I, I've literally smashed out its 12 months, its paid content, uh, watched every YouTube video that was worth watching. Then um, I started backtesting with Gio quite a bit in the summer, like proper. Mm. I was even... Bands was helping me quite a bit. And then I just started, I was trading gold, but gold with like retail slash SMC because yeah. every SMC trader can sit there and say the market only moves small money. Bro, trade gold for a month and you'll realize that retail is amazing on gold. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. And then in November last year, or no, maybe September, October times. Uh, so I went back to uni, completed my second year. 
And then I took another gap year because I said, no, nah, it's actually not for me, uh, which was this year that passed. What, what course were you yeah, doing? Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm doing math, maths with like computing and statistics. Yeah, bro, yeah. so boring. Yeah. Honestly. That's how I know you're smart, so. Yeah, bro, it, it's, it's long. But book smart is not really important. Again, it doesn't transfer into making money all yeah. the time. But yeah, and then I, I, I started working on a new model with me and Gio in about early lo- uh, end of last year, so maybe September, October. Yeah. And then we spent like three, four months just at Wallahi, bro. I could tell you there was days I'd wake up, all Gio back test the whole day, bro. It was tiring. And I got bad back issues in it. Everyone mm-hmm. in my premium, like my mentor, my students know my back's fucked. Mm-hmm. I got three bulge discs, all of it. So I used to sit for a whole day, bro, just anti-inflammatory pills, slap a couple and just back test, bro. And then when, when I was so confident with the model uh, in like January this year, I traded for like two, three months and realized what the fuck, like, this is amazing. And that's when I opened, because I closed my old premium to focus on... Um, uh, building a model of it. The aim of trading is to make money. It's not to have followers. It's not to have big premium. It's to make money. The only time you, you add these additional streams of income is when you're now making nice, consistent money. If you're not making consistent money off the market, close your premium and focus. Because yeah, you might have a good premium, but at the end of the day, when then people leave and and the numbers start dying down, which they will. A lot of people are just in this forex space because of crypto. When these numbers start dying down, mm. you can't make money off the markets. So it's very important that you really lock into yourself and teach yourself how to trade. You're better off making 5K off your own personal account than making 10K with 8K coming from a premium. So yeah. yeah 100%. And then we offered the student mentorship thing, I think, in like April or March. And then, yes, yeah, closing hopefully in September or October. So, yeah. Yeah, that's hard still. That's, that's a very, very long journey. So you've been you've been at this for quite a few years now. So you were saying since like, yeah, not trading yeah. stuff, but just generally like six years yeah. or so? Five, six years. Like I've always, I've never had a job, but I've always been around mm-hmm. like a was who never watched this. I will never hear this, but Wes is a guy that inspired me quite a bit, as in he's someone that I just see wake up and make money every day in it. So I was always with mm. guys, some a lot of them older than me who make good money. No, I'm not talking millions, but they make enough that I look at them and I go, Yeah, I need to be making money. So and I never could work a job, it just didn't suit my lifestyle. I'm very I'm high drive. I need to be doing five, six things at a time. So yeah, yeah. This was my only option. And and if you back test enough and, and you really sit on and study enough, it will work. And, and that's a guarantee. Like, and if it doesn't, you work harder. Like, I don't like it's bro, it's trading. There's a lot of people making money. There's a way to make money, right? Yeah. Uh, you just gotta focus it. A lot of people treat trading like some side jolting and then expect to make money. This is a job at the end of the day. If you're not willing yeah. to put in 40 to 60 hours a week to make one to two grand a week then you're in the wrong industry because that's what you're going to get paid anywhere else. Obviously, the growth comes with time, but you Mm. have to dedicate those hours without the money to begin with. Mm, mm, Definitely. Do you know what it is? It's like, so this reminds me of like recently, I was speaking to some of my boys about trading. So they're they're not really into this side of, you know, crypto trading, whatever, but they see 
my like whole brand they fuck with it but it's like now they're proper like getting into it and they're asking you know how do I do this how do I do that and I kind of see that like cycle of seeing someone brand new coming to trading and then seeing how they behave and you kind of clock that a lot of men expected to work in like two two weeks because now they think because I'm trading sort of they think it's easy to grab like you know if somebody around you can do it it kind of becomes like you know it's possible it's not too hard to do but people don't see those like you know behind the scenes hours that people spend actually working making zero money demo trading paper trading whatever so I feel like that is a big misconception like any profitable trader has put in insane hours or has been at this for quite a while to actually like you know reach that point i could i could be given right now say i've made nothing of trading if they gave me today five hundred thousand pounds that still doesn't pay off the hours i've put in at minimum wage bro yeah that's how much like i've put in so many hours that the money is going to come that's just a guarantee i'm not Mm. worried about that like in, in this life, you work towards something with a pure intention. You get a payout. That's what I believe. There's no other way around it. That's why when I'm having slower months or or like last year when I was trading pure ICT, which I still trade ICT, but it's I'd, it's not pure ICT in the sense of, for example, Omar is a good example. I speak to Omar regularly now and I see the way he trades. I'd say he's a pure ICT trader. Yeah. Like, and, and that's great. He makes money. He showed his funded this week. That's mm-hmm. fine. I wouldn't say I'm a pure ICT trader, but yeah, that, that's just kind of when when I was a pure ICT trader, the results were a lot slower, mm. and and that transfer onto what I'm doing now was like wow, that finally clicked. But if if the next two months I make no money, I'm not worried. I know the hours I put in. It comes with time. You're not always gonna make money. Hedge funds don't always make money. Hedge funds yeah. barely outperform the S and P 500, bro. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. they they get like what nine percent S and P's average what twelve percent over twenty five years or something. I'm pretty sure something around that. So these are hedge funds that are supposed to literally manage money for people. They get paid ridiculous fees. They can't even outperform the flipping S and P. So mm-hmm. so as a trader, you need to understand that twenty thirty percent a month is an insane feat. And if you build your capital correctly using funders, personals, blah, 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 you can start going for 10% a month and make a crazy amount. I know a guy on yeah. Twitter, I don't know him, but I see a guy on Twitter, he's 3 mil funded, 3.2 mil. 10% yeah. a month is, is a quarter ticket. You're 250k yeah. up, 300k up, 5% yeah. you're up 150 bags. So yeah, it's it a patience game in this industry, but pe- people don't see that. Yeah, people people don't have the patience, man. But at the same time, I understand because most of the new people coming in, like having been there myself, I think, you know, like first time I heard about Forex, I jumped on, I make an account, I put £100 in. A £100 account, if you're looking to like sustainably grow it, not, you know, just no risk management, blah, blah, blah. You can't really flip that. Like, okay, cool. Let's say you even make 10% of a trade. You've made £10. Like 10% is a very big fee, but £10, to a new trader would look like eh, they're, they're going to want that you know flip it straight into three four hundred but people don't understand that the one even catching one percent a day and this is something i've truly learned of omar like before him i didn't understand the sort of patience in the market if i can make one percent a day or even a few percent a week with the right capital that is an insane amount of money and more time making smaller percentage is a lot more sustainable than you know always trying to hit that big lot million and, percent yeah. Uh, yeah, like at the end of the day, anyone needs motivation in what they do. Go on for it's compound calculator. 
put put a 10k account and see what you get from making five percent a week and i say a 10k account some people maybe i don't have 10k yeah but mff yeah. have 10k and you pay what 70 quid for it or uh, so, yeah, something uh, like i'm that. pretty sure they launched a 5k but and, and this is why i say fundings are great when low on capital but me me personally i trade my per- personal account more and I'm, I'm pretty sure i get ripped for it all the time but funded accounts when you're low on capital is, is the perfect way to build um capital yourself but again don't get a funded account if you can't pass it go mm. make a demo pass it five six times and mm. and and uh, like one of the reasons i blew on socials i'm pretty sure was like i, I got like an 84 r trade on gu with proof and lot size entry blah 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 and it was 84 percent or like 48 percent or some stupid numbers we did me got and that that week alone we made like 40 50 60 percent account growth because we was risking 45 percent but I'm not on that no more, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm honestly just not on it. Like this week trading, I was trading with a student of mine, Hassan. It was me, Hassan, and Gio. I'm shout out Hassan, proper hard trader. And I've only been teaching him for like four months, I think. And he's insane. And we was trading live in New York. Mm-hmm. I ended up catching like 21R with Gio and Hassan in a call. But that was me done. Or maybe it was Wednesday. But that would have been me done for the week if that was a Monday. 21 R, yeah. I got like nine percent account growth from my funded, and then like twenty six percent or like fifteen percent on my Percy because I risk three percent. That's me yeah. out. There's just nothing left for me in the market, man. I'm not, I'm not here to chase forty R a week, bro. You just lose your mind. Yeah, man. And it's, that's, it's just not worth it. That's something that took me a while to clock. Like you know, of course. So now you've been at this a while and you'll definitely know this but I think a lot of new traders don't realise you have to be so self-analytical like you have to go trade and sit in front of a screen and watch your own behaviour because a lot of men can't hack that like they can't just sit at a screen for a long time and you know keep their head straight I'm one of those people if I spend a lot of time on charts if I spend you know lots of hours just straight not not even like back testing myself but purely trading it gets too much for me and then I usually end up making dumb decisions and stuff. So now I've clocked my favorite types of trades, like the best trades. It'll be something like London kill zone or New York kill zone. I get into the market, EU, one to two on a lower time frame. The trade's done in like five minutes. That literally, yeah. I think my favorite trading day, a couple of weeks ago, my trade hit TP in about 40 seconds and it was a one to two and it was in the morning and I literally logged off and I didn't touch charts for the rest of the day. Like, yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's a lot of people. Yeah, mm. no, sorry. Yeah, a lot of people. What people don't understand, yeah, trading styles should not like be a be like a universal thing. Folks, I know people who can take forty hour trades and not stress and get up and go about their day. But I'm sitting there glued to my laptop like a crackhead. There's no chance I'm in a thirty lot position. And I'm carrying on with my day. I'm sitting there and watching it. So I know that I need to be in and out. So I take my trade and keep it moving. Like I'll sit 1.30 to 4 o'clock. That's me done. I don't care what the market has, has for me later. I might leave a runner, maybe. But even that stresses me. MFF took an account off me in January because of a flipping mm-hmm. runner I left. And then I think they do equity drawdown, not balance, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. But but yeah, it's it's all about psychology. Like, if you know you don't have the psychology to be in certain trades, just don't take them. And at the end yeah. of the day, you're on your own journey. You can't let what you see online affect you. A lot of people let 
other traders effective. And and this is why I don't like don't want to be too rude, but one of the reasons I don't show love to a lot of traders is because I feel like they saw what we was doing at one point and everyone wanted to start pretending they're doing the same thing. And that's why mm. I'm very quick to draw out rubbish because I'm like, you know, I'm not catching 30 R trades. No one spoke, by the way, no one spoke about RR in the crypto community that converted to Forex until I did. No one spoke about it, bro. People were talking about pit moves. People were saying, I've got 60 pips. I've got 70 pips, 15 pips. And then I come in, I'm talking about it. And then everyone's talking about percent and R. Everyone now is chasing mm. 13 R, 15 R. And I'm just like, it's just weird. It's just very mm. weird how everyone wanted to start copying something. That's why me personally, I don't post trades no more. Yeah. I don't even, I used to do my daily and weekly reviews and with proof and blah, 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 stopped it completely. Because I did, I'm, I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to influence people to start capping or lying. And then people are going to lose their money by paying these people that can't trade at all. So I said, mm. let me stop posting it so so people aren't looking for results online. And I'll just let my like let my actual students speak for me. And even now I'm at the point, most of my new signups are student referrals or like people that have said, yeah, I saw your students do this, blah, blah, blah. Because that's it. My students can show you what I do. I, I refuse to, to, to start trying to prove myself. Like, like I said yesterday, I'm not a dancing monkey. Don't ask me to show you my withdrawals. I know Omar mm-hmm. did it. But I don't care. My students see how much I make. I send them some days. I send them my account at the end of the day. But I'm not going to be drawn out on social media trying to. The worst thing, you know, if I was flexing and I was posting nice stuff on my story and that, fine. I post my dog. I post a cup of coffee and I post some food sometimes. I've never posted a watch, a nice watch. Never posted a nice outfit. I posted when I was on holiday, but it wasn't a flex. I posted a beach. Yeah. So, so I'm not someone that's flexing saying I've made a lot of money. Don't ask me how much I've made. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? No, All my no. doing is beef with whatever my man that that Brarian yeah. does and that. Yeah, cool. You don't yeah. compose what you want. Me personally, there's too much ain. I'm scared of ain. And and yeah. people like ain is well, I'd say an Islamic thing where where envy and people watching your pocket can affect you very badly, like yeah. health wise. Yeah. Mentally, so I, I just, I'm just far away from all of that rubbish. Yeah, no, I hear it, man. And especially that one of, the, one of the first things you said there with your kind of students being a reflection of yourself. Omar says that as well, and it's true because you know if you're in the position that you're in, you know, running a mentorship, running a service, whatever, you can kind of just let the people within that service do the talking on behalf of you, rather than you know, like have to speak for yourself. And at the same time you don't really need to ever prove yourself to someone unless they're in your service. And if you're showing them, like, of course, the people in your mentorship, you're showing them how much ever your account is on anyways. You know, like, there's no point to, like, put it out there. And what I think it is, is, of course, that whole taboo behind showing money and stuff, it's only come around because there's a lot of new plate traders. I mean, that's a bit hypocritical because I myself, I've, I've not been in the space that long. But at the same time, I don't run a service. I know... So without, I don't even know the person's name yet, but I'm in a group chat and there's a free Forex chat somewhere. And somebody in that free chat has learned how to trade or learn a model within like a week or two weeks. And after the two weeks, he's just gone off and started a premium. I'm just there like, like I don't know the person. And I'm just yeah. there like, come on, man. Like, people, but, a but, lot of people get excited. Yeah, it's like, but this is why I've, I've publicly drawn out 
because I don't want to say their names because at the end of the day, I've spoke to them now and it's finished. But I've publicly drawn up, you know, everyone on now, like 90% of these Forex guys that were crypto traders that, mm. that we all know, mm. they were studying what the model I built with Geo was and they've taken what they understand of it and they sell it as a service now. Like it or not, Wallah, that's the facts of the situation. And there's no confusion about it. I've confronted them. I've got the messages there where they've said, yeah, yeah bro, I love, I've got a lot of these guys running premiums. have said, I've start, they said to me, in med, I studied your journal, bro. Mm. So how mm. can a guy study my journal and provide a service? It's ridiculous. It, it, mm. To me, it's robbery because my journal does not give you enough information. You know me, I can perfectly, perfectly draw out the model I trade right now on the chart and post it and i do all the time it will not help you at all the understanding yeah. of liquidity time and price uh, like ict teaches and and the concepts of liquidity are so critical to understanding a model it, it's it's worthless information so i don't understand how someone can look at my model and then start teaching a service and mm. and that is the only reason i've drawn out a lot of these new play traders and, and a lot of people say, oh, like, are you drawing them out? Are you about, like, is it for clout? I don't need to have clout. I have 20 students. Mm-hmm. 14 of my students, I actually have 18 students. 14 of my students have been with me since I started my mentorship. So, yeah, so I, what, what clout do I need? What, six spaces to fill at 500 mm-hmm. pounds a head? I don't need that. Honest, like... I even I was t- I was speaking to my students because I'm quitting my mentorship soon. We're gonna me and Gio are gonna provide something soon, and then I'm yeah, gonna stop. Yeah. But I don't need the mentorship. I, well, I don't. I really enjoy teaching, and I actually, and obviously the money's nice. I'm not gonna be these guys that say I don't do it for the money. But at the end of the day, if you're taking two hours of my time a week, I need to see some sort of money from it. I'm a trader. I can sit on my desk and trade and make money, right? If I sacrifice mm. time, I need some sort of payment. But I don't do it to build capital. If I did, I'd have it at 200 pounds or 150 and letting a hundred people. I get a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I get inquiries every day. Um, mm-hmm. But I just can't be bothered to run that type of thing. So I draw people out purely to prevent people from getting robbed. Purely. <laughs> and most times I don't even draw them out. Well, like I message them privately. I tell them, stop. They don't listen. Then I speak on it on my story. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get you still. And... You know, it's, it's quite interesting. So he's been on the podcast, but um, you know, Issei, he was a student of yours for a little bit. Oh. And oh yeah, he did one month. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know well, who you're talking about, Issei. But yeah, but that one month, like because me when when we started trading, so me and Issei, we we were in a different group chat together, and then we kind of went off and he he was basically speaking to me and he saw that I'm trying to learn as well. Yeah, and we kind of just used to speak about trading and stuff in general, but of course, we had a different educator. So at this point, I started with Omar, I think, or was just about to, and he'd been with you for a couple of weeks or so. And in that month, the way I saw his trading change from like the stuff he used to show me and the setups, and if it's crazy, man. So do you know what it is? Like These things are subjective in the sense that one person can join your thing and say it's not worth it and then kind of leave but then another person like Issei, a month was enough for him because he put in the hours. He used to send me like 20 shots a day on different pairs, showing me different things like all the time and saying, oh, draw this up for me. What do you see? Like, do you get it? Like, yeah. I think, yeah. So, so I get what you're seeing, like why you have less students because you only really want the people who are going to, you know, 
properly kind of engage yeah, them if and, you're giving your you, time to them. Exact, bro, it's exactly that. And and it's like, I charge a lot. You better put time into it. There's no, I don't want you to sit here for a month, put two hours a week and then come back to me and complain. Yeah. It's not yeah. an, what I, how I teach is very intense. I speak to my students day in, day out. I speak to Issei pretty much every week anyways. He's not even a student mm. anymore. But my, my main students, I speak to daily. Literally daily, they have a question I'll answer, jump in a call, send them voice notes, blah, blah, blah. I need people to put in time because I don't want you in my chat for long. You like A lot of guys have, have been in the chat maybe two months, three months, already profitable traders. Not because I'm some crazy guy. They put in the hours. I gave them the tools. They went and played around and they figured shit out. Hassan, mm. perfect example, CM as well, even A1. These are guys that are unbelievable traders, not because of me. It's because they ask me so many questions when they're stuck. Literally, I, I some of them send me five, six questions a week, little tiny questions. Uh, bro, uh, the higher the day, uh, the higher the week, sorry. Uh, I back-tested EU. It appears it came on a Monday last year. I'm like, yeah, what I do is stick to this, blah, blah, blah. Give them a little opinion. That's it. Them little tweaks that you're making from charting day in, day out is what takes you from a break-even trader to 3-4% a week. Because yeah. to jump from losing money to break-even is a big jump. And then that mm. break-even to 3-4% is a bit easier. And then 3-4% to 10-15, that's a big jump. So a lot of these guys were 3-4%. And now they're absolutely smashing it. Like Euro mm. is a perfect example of a guy I teach. Like a month ago, he was struggling. This week alone, he's caught like 16 or, or yeah, 60, 17%. And I, I, I can promise you, a month ago, he didn't even know how to backtest. Or six weeks mm. ago. He just didn't know how to backtest. And this is someone oh. who I swear, he backtests mm. every day now, six, seven hours. Like he's literally every day, yo, bro, you want to call? You want to call? You wanna... and, and I have to respect it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's hard, man. It's it's true, you know. Especially like the thing you said with questions. I was I was saying this the other day to someone that like, asking questions is one of the best things you can do, right? Because let's say ten people watch a video, um, a trading video, and then everyone's going to watch the same video, but you're going to have different gaps in your knowledge. When you ask questions, especially if you have someone to ask questions to, a mentor, educator, whatever. It's the best thing you can do because the gaps in your knowledge are going to be specific to how you understand things. So you need to like find a way to fill those gaps in so you can truly grasp the concepts that you're learning. So I feel like it is necessary to, you know, if you have that at your use, somebody that can kind of just has all the answers, you need to use that and then go over things as much as possible. And it's true, man. Nothing, nothing beats hard work. There's no excuses. That's like we said at the start, people want it easy, but there's some parts of this trading thing that there's no way around. And I was speaking to Bans about this a couple of weeks ago, right? And he was kind of just, I was just speaking to him about like, you know, how he's been trading for quite a while. And the idea of that, the more time you spend as a charts, right? There's this one thing that somebody could start trading tomorrow and trade for two months. I've been trading for, I don't know, let's say seven, eight months at that point and be a better trader than me. But one thing that you kind of can't get past is, you know, the idea of that intuition, like after you've got a certain amount of, I wouldn't say months, months is a small time frame, but after you've got a couple of years on the charts under your belt, then you kind of begin to understand the charts in a different way. You begin to like your subconscious brain can probably just see small details that you don't even register and you just 
can they learn? Is this a good setup? Is this not? And, you know, of course you can break it down and figure it out, but sometimes you'll just know by looking at it. And I feel like those, yeah. those are one of Bi- the Bias is don't... like that, bro. Bias. Yeah. I, I think the best way to get a, a good understanding of bias is by backtesting. And obviously I teach how I get my bias black and white. But again, it's not about being right. It's about making money when you're wrong and when mm. you're right. And like Hassan, again, I mention him a lot because he's probably one of my most interactive students. He yeah. literally, I said to him, what's your bias on the EU? He'll say bias, for example. I'll say why. He says, yeah, bro, I just look at it now when I can. And his bias is always right. Mm. This week mm. he was looking for sales on EU after the clear of internal, cleared internal and absolutely fell on his face. Mm-hmm. And and he and he's at the point where obviously his subconscious is telling him something, and there's a lot. Of, when you look at the same things every day, you pick up stuff without realizing, right? Yeah. And yeah. and and that's why a lot of the time, look, me and Geo, we trade the exact same model, yeah, black and white. I can sit at a chart with Geo, and he can sit with me, and we're on a Zoom call, and we're trying to find our bias on a Sunday, and we disagree, mm. Com- literally completely. He's buyers, I'm sells. And it happens. And then we sit and try to explain shit to each other. And then we go, oh, we'll just let price action confirm. And that's it. And we move on with it. And these are two guys who literally, I probably Zoom Geo more than I should. And it's probably weird how much we've Zoomed each other. <laughs> and still we jump on a chart and disagree. And yeah. I think that's the beauty of trading, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's all angles, isn't it? Like, at the end of the day, everybody's understanding of what they see in front of them is going to be different. And I think like one of the things you're saying earlier, having people in your mentorship and you don't really want them there for too long in the sense that you want them to become self-sufficient. So that's the most important thing about this skill that you can't just live off other people. I mean, you can, but it's not the right way to do it because I used to say this a while ago, right? The thing is with taking signals and stuff, right? Somebody can actually be a good trader busting signals, but I feel like, people who take signals that want to learn probably won't learn. They just lead to complacency and you have to make those mistakes. Like, you know, a signal hitting stop loss, you're frustrated, but more time, like next man sent you that signal. So you probably put the blame onto that person for hitting stop loss, but they're going to hit that stop loss and now learn from their mistake. But you don't actually get a learning experience from that. So you need to go on the charts, take your own L's, fall on your face a few times and that's how you're going to actually learn to, you know, be a good trader. Yeah. And, and bro, I sent a signal to my mentorship like Friday or Thursday. Uh, no, Thursday, sorry, I don't trade Fridays. So yeah. Thursday, GU buy, hit profit 6-7%. Um, I can guarantee you no one took it though. And mm. and that's that's because I don't send signals. But I posted it. I said, yeah, looking at this. Um, maybe one or two people. But they, they all don't give a, like, they literally don't care for signals mm. i used to i used to send a few blah 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 the safest ones and and they bust or they don't bust you know but at the end of the day you know if someone asks me pops up yo bro what's your premium price in given price he goes are mm. oh, signals included i say no and he goes yeah calm let me pay i then say no because i know he's looking for the fast way out now yeah i'm not here to teach someone that wants to make money within a month like i said i charge a lot if I've had good traders with decent experience of ICT come in and out in a month or two. Honestly, while well, they come in doing 3%, 4%, come out doing 15%, 16%. And it's great. One month, two months, you invest like 800 to a bag 
and you come out flying, right? I know one guy came in literally two months. He's 300K funded, makes up like 40K a month. Yeah, that's he, crazy. he invested the back and came out with, he was making 10 to 15 and I was making 40. That's 30K extra, 25 to 30K extra from a bank. Mm. That's a perfect investment for him. I, I'll do that now. If someone could double my profitability now, wallahi, I'll pay for a mentor. I've got no pride. I'll sit and listen to anyone. I, I still, yeah. still chat on DMs with traders all the time to hear what people have to say. But but if there's someone that really just wants quick income, I'm, I'm not yeah. about it. And another thing, I don't really take too many beginners. It's max three. Like at one point, I'll only have three beginners in my chat. Because again, I, I like to teach complicated stuff that you can get really into. It, like the beginner stuff, I, I, it, it takes too much time for me to get you up to speed. So I literally only take two to three a month. Yeah, no, I hear it. I hear it. It's, you know, it's, it's a bit longer with, you know, all the beginners and stuff versus somebody who actually already has a decent understanding. I feel like there are a yeah. lot of people where they have a good understanding, but they just need that guidance. Like you were saying before, like some small details. And like if you change those small details, that is, it's just a game changer. But where it is that like, even with, okay, cool, your mentorship's expensive. People would agree with that, whatnot sometimes where it is it's not even just the money it's just people don't see the vision they don't see you know this income or as in how much money you'd be investing for the outcome that you might receive from it if you use it right people don't think further they just think okay this month i'm gonna spend this much and then you get like they just think it right yeah like four bills for a month five bills for a month but it's just yeah. the idea that if you use that month properly like you said that student that you mentioned is a perfect example couple months later 300k funded cool man you're not even gonna remember the like bag you spent you're making that back on one trade on your first day of funded and whatnot I mean, so and and even even let's let's remove that scenario and let's just talk about the average scenario one of my students recently got i think 20k funded right he's been in for three months so my earlier prices were 300 a month so he's paid 900 his first payout will be about five ten percent he's already made a bag he now has a skill. He can make a bag to two bags every single month. If, mm. if he goes well with, with this 20K, he can go for 100K now. With the mm. 100K, he can make 5 10%. That's five mm. bags now. So even if he doesn't make the money in the month or two months, he's learned a skill now that he can keep running with and develop himself. I don't teach people to use my model. I teach mm. people to use my model and my understanding of the market to build their own models. Again. Some of my students are using men, uh, ICT's new mentorship, the three drives concept in imbalance fields um, within my model, right? And, and because, because it's not, it, it, what, what I teach is not some complicated thing. It's just ranges internal to external liquidity um, uh, grabs. That's it. Absolutely yeah. basic things. So you can add your own little makeup to it, like I say. But again, yeah. I understand what my pricing is. I've never pretended to be cheap, not my objective, but that's exactly why me and Gio in end of July or mid July are going to launch like a, a joint mentorship, which yeah. should be pretty big with like uh, loads of videos, uh, weekly videos, monthly videos, blah, blah, blah. Uh, a, a ch like two free chats, uh, like depending on your understanding. And then the price point will be a lot less than we're currently charging. And it will be open to literally everyone. And it will run you through from beginner's level 
literally right till the end. And the point of that is to show that, fine, here, you can learn all of this. And then when you're ready for that final step, jump in the real mentorship for a month and you're finished. Like you're, you, you can trade now type thing. Because I do understand some people only want to pay 150 a month. So, mm. so we are going to go down that route just for a few months, see what the market does, provide the videos, and then, yeah, and then have our ones running. Uh, more importantly, and a lot, a lot of the videos in there are going to be literally worth a lot more than 150 quid. But since I get asked literally every single day, bro, are you going to provide a cheaper mentorship, blah, blah, blah. We thought me and Gio will host it. We've merged our own mentorship. So he, he mentors like 20 students. I mentor like 60 to 80, I think it's 80. So we've merged ours. So we're doing ours together. Uh, and then we're going to run a, hopefully a cheaper one in mid-July just to get everyone off my back for a few months. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's good, man. Do you know what it is? Yeah, at the end of the day, there's, there's a lot of younger people in this scene and a lot of them are hungry and they're driven, but, you know, they genuinely can't pull out that sort of money. So I think like what you guys are doing there is definitely, you know, going down the right path, at least to like give it a try and then see how everything works. But that, yeah. that kind of leads me on to my next question, like backtracking a bit now. So, of course, you mentioned the people that you work with quite a lot. And I've seen you mention before, you know, that you kind of the idea of who you work with, that that's it. Like, you know, it's just yeah. these people. So how how did you actually, you know, meet bands um Geo? And I think you mentioned Wes, he's your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, so how how did you actually, you know, meet these people? You're telling me a lot about how it kind of shaped what you do and even now, like how you interact with them. So, you know. Like how, I guess, how pivotal are they as to like where you are today, would you say? I, I think like in life, everyone you meet or you interact with has a purpose, right? Mm. And, and whether you see it in the moment or not isn't too important. As long as you can reflect and find everyone's purpose, then you can say you led like a, a useful journey. And with, with bands, me and bands don't trade together. Good friend of mine, love got a lot of love for bands. He was one of the first people that ever introduced me to smart money on like a deeper level, right? Him mm. and Gio, to be fair. But it was uh, at the beginning, it was bands, and I well, I, I wouldn't say introduced, but I got bands really crypto heavy, right? And I got introduced to bands by someone from my Snap. Um, I, I can't really say his full name, but I only know his yeah. full name. He's not part of the scene at all. He introduced me to bands, SMI. Um, I was doing crypto calls and like helping them with crypto investments and then bands were showing me FX a bit. Then um, Gio, why I got so close to Gio, if you knew Gio as a person, I can tell you, Wallahi, he's one of the best characters you'll ever meet. Gio is so hardworking, so driven and so well-mannered. You can't not get along with him, right? And mm. it, it works perfectly well because I can call Gio right now right now until him, bro, let's back test five, six hours. He'll say, yeah, cool, fuck it, let me grab a coffee. That's his response. Every There's no confusion. I tell him, Gio, we're trading London. Yeah, cool, cool, I'll call you at seven. Do you get Someone like that is absolutely pivotal. When we was both literally fighting Forex accounts and one month break, even one month down, one month up, we was telling each other, bro, we're, we're, going, to, we're going to make a change. Like There's no confusion. And, and that kind of grafting in the mud together as cringe as it sounds and as cliche, it gives you 
like a relationship and a bound like as close as family because we was losing money together and stressed out together. So when we're making money together, it's even better, right? And I can literally call Gio and tell him, bro, I don't want to trade for a month. And he'll send me every trade he takes. I was in Seychelles, bro, on a beach enjoying myself, blue water, pink skies. And Gio's telling me, yeah, yeah, uh, GU trade. Sweet. And, and yeah. that's the type of love that I got with you. I can call him now and tell him, bro, let's just, I'll come up to fucking Brighton and go for a bop and he's on it type thing. So we're at that point now where it's more than business partners, right? Like I fuck with him in real life. It's the same, it's the same as someone I don't trade with, for example, XV, right? There's so many opinions on XV. I don't care. I don't care about what he does in the trading scene. I fuck with XV as a person. People tell me, yeah. do you vouch for XV? I don't vouch for anyone apart from Geo. And the reason I say that is not because XV is a bad trader. I've traded with XV. I've chilled with him. Mm. It's just I know Geo. If he's taking someone's money, I can always call him and say, Geo, bro. It's never happened, but I know I can. And to be fair, XV, every time there's been some sort of confusion with people, I know he's been very quick to sort it. So I can't even speak on that. But I, yeah. I will never vouch for him trading-wise because I don't know what he does in his mentorship. Completely out of yeah. my hands. With Gio, I know exactly what he does. I vouch for him full-hearted. Bro, there's people that pop up to me for mentorship and I say, yeah, message Gio. Why? Because I've got more members than him at that time. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So we've yeah. always been on this balance our bread thing, do it together thing. So it's, it's just a deeper connection. As much as that sounds very cliche, it's, it's just how it is, bro. I came up on this with him. I'm going to be breaking bread with him forever type thing, as long as we're both in the FX scene and we don't really plan to stay here forever. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of West, that's just a friend in real life. I met him down in fucking Dubai uh, like four or five years ago. And with him, he, he's just a very uh, motivated person, to say the least. He just gets shit done in it. And you need to be yeah. around people that just get shit done. And too many traders in the scene have this gangster ego and this... I was a fraud star, I was a drug dealer. No one cares. That's not <laughs> impressive here. Your street yeah. cred is irrelevant, bro. It's not cool. Everyone knows a killer. Most of us are from London. Yeah. Like the yeah. established shooting, bro, the people I went to school with, jail for murder, that's not impressive, bro. Get on a chart and make yourself some money, bro. The whole aim of this is to come out the hood. Why are you telling me you're from the hood? Do you get it? Yeah. And too many people play this fake persona of we do this, we do that. When it's really this game is just about making money with the least effort. And you need yeah. to be around people that have the same objectives of, as you, making money with the least effort. A reason I vouch for T so heavy, and I know I've been mentioning Geo so much, but T is the same. I vouch for every service T provides, undoubtedly, because I trade with T. Unbelievable trader. He's 17, bro. The kid is mm. 17. He comes out of his A-level test. And he's six bags up on his fundings. Like, this yeah, is the shit that I, I just... You get it, and people don't see the shit, and I don't talk on it. We don't talk numbers. It's, it's not important. But T is someone that, wallahi, bro, in three, four years, he'll run the scene. He's insane, bro. He's actually insane. If you not saw how intelligent this kid is, it's ridiculous. And, and too many people seem to think he's my student. T is not my student. I trade mm. with T. He himself is a teacher, right? And he's a great, great teacher. And I've seen what he can provide. So, and then there's obviously DZ, Fargo. Um, I shout them out quite a bit. They're dealing with like their uni exams, blah, blah, blah. So they're not too active right now. There's Mose, someone else that I've always shouted out and stuff like that. But the reason I keep it very tight when like I mainly mention T and Geo is because I trade with them daily and I know what they provide because I'm in their chats, right? 
everyone else it is just and in the past I've shouted out some of these traders you've probably seen who I'm talking about and it turned out they were scamming people as in providing terrible services so and I'm left guys are saying I swear you traded with my man I swear you traded with my man I'm like no and I posted on my story this week I said I traded with Gio XG's my brother these other two names I don't trade with at all because I shouted them out in the past I respected them showed them love and I ended up regretting it right so yeah no, I get you still. It's you know what it is like, especially the way you speak about some of these guys and Geo in specific. I think people who kind of have that one person on the same business wavelength, you're very lucky because it's hard to find, right? Like hard to find somebody who's going to be on the same stuff at the same time as you. And I feel like me personally, even I've tried to look for that within my friends. I kind of find try find people with like you know the same drive or say you know like right now let's do this let's do this. And some of my friends are kind of spontaneous and then some of them, like, they're not. And do you know what it is? If you, like, find that one person who kind of clicks in that business sense, it's it's such a sick thing to have because, you know, that way neither of you fall off. At the end of the day, this game is a proper, like, solo game. And, of course, every, any trader can get these, like, bad phases or go through hard times. And it's easy to fall off if there's no one else there to pick you up, like, kind of, yeah. kind of like self-motivate it's not it's not something that everyone can do so it is tough man no a million percent and I always say the thing is yeah you can't mix business with friendships so mm. I I got a friendship out of a business partner not a business partner out of a friend so yeah. the business came first the friendship came after so it works perfect me and Gio same wavelength bro no confusion there's never mm. confusion bro like it, if you don't understood how close we were like I've never argued with you. I've never had no money, confusion, nothing. That's not even on the table. We run yeah. our shit the way we run our shit. If he's busy for the week, I'll talk to his students. If I'm busy for the week, he'll handle my shit. Black and white, we don't pay each other nothing. It's just love. Do you get it? So mm. I'm lucky in that sense. And a lot of people that I used to fuck with heavy, um, which I'm still cool with, but that, like, that I was trying to do business with, they weren't trying to progress with me. And me, I need progression. Yeah. Whether that's in my trading or with my services, I need to to be moving forward. The aim of the game is not to make money mad quickly. It's to make more money than you made last month. And a lot of yeah. people lose sight of this. At the end of the day, don't compare yourself to these guys making 300k a month. It's not important. If you made 1k last month and you make 2k this month, you're doing you're on a better projection than he is if he's made 300k three months in a row. Because now ne your next one's four, then eight, then 60. And I don't need to show you about logarithmic growth. Like, it's beautiful how it goes. So I tell people, focus on yourself. Work on what you need to do. Results come after. Don't. Another thing for new traders, don't compare yourself to no one. If you make your four hour a week, bro, smile, bro. That's a great week. Keep it moving. Don't worry if this guy, 419 FX trader, Bang fucking 79%. He probably didn't. And if he did, that's his thing. You're working yeah. on your team. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know what it is? With, with these sort of things, especially with the point you have there with like, you know, constant progression, to, to actually be able to do something like that, what people don't realize, you have to look at yourself. You're not looking at anyone around you. If you yourself and what you do, you want that to progress and improve 
then you have to like break down exactly what you're doing and you know analyze that and then again like you said every month every day every week try and improve try and get that you know that little bit more so it is it is all just about having you know long-term vision a lot of people just want to get rich quick and it's human nature but you know once you kind of get past that phase because i thought that everyone who is a successful trader would have had that phase and then got past it you kind of realize you know this small amount of money as long as i can do it every day or every week it's enough because it's going to grow and it's going to keep growing and you know what it is with yeah. with trading i think it's quite exponential like in the sense that the longer you trade more time you're going to make more money but you're also going to get better so now you're making more money and getting better at the same time and it's just going to keep heading in that direction so exactly like as long as you stick to it you know it's going to be great but cool so one one of the things i wanted to speak about right so you of course we've we've kind of had this in the works for a while now and people people were messaging me this week asking where the episode is but like no nah, that's, that's you... my bad that is really <laughs> no nah, like i'll say it openly you know what no nah, to be fair you done me in one of the days yeah yeah but yeah. i'm very very scheduled bro like i'm talking seven okay. thirty london 11 a.m gym one thirty mm-hmm. new york four o'clock i'm off Five o'clock, start lessons. Eight o'clock, walk my dog. Like I'm, I'm so, so robotic with my day. Fifteen minutes on this direct, it just fucks up the whole pack. That's why I took it today because Saturday, my little tennis day, little bad bits yeah. hit the gym type sauna thing. So yeah, no, nah, I get you. I get that you. My yeah, no, nah, it's cool, man. It's cool. But do, do you know what it is? What kind of like interests me is essentially right. You know, if you if you're a trader, if you're new, you want to look at people, and if somebody is in the position that you want to be in, so I'm sure there's a lot of new traders, people that join your journal and stuff, and look at you and think, you know, I want to be like this guy. I think one of the big things is right. Cool, you've already said you used to study twelve hours a day and whatnot. So talk to me about how you kind of like, you know, you have your like Saturday chill day. Why why do you think that kind of side of stuff is important and then? I'll say my, you know, yeah. What it is like, well, it's mad you brought this up. Everyone, you can go message Joe right now. I called him like 10 hours ago. I told him, bro, please don't tell me you're back testing. He said, no, but I did this morning. And I said, bro, come off the charts. And he's like, why? I said, bro, let's just have a break today and we jump on it tomorrow. And the reason is, Gio is a cat for trading view, bro. He absolutely loves back testing. But looking at a chart too much, you start kind of what you want to see, you create the scenario. So say you're bearish and you've been staring at a chart for four or five hours, you will create bearish setups that do not exist. Yeah. They yeah, just yeah. they're just not there and you're forcing them. So so you have to always reset your mind. And again, I speak about this quite a bit. You have to be very structured. For example, if you follow a set routine, it's a lot easier to keep your mind clear. If you're just running around a million things at a time, you're going to sit and not even focus on your trading, blah, blah, blah. So I've come to the point now where trading is trading, not trading is absolutely not trading. And my Saturdays, what I like to do, I wake up, walk my dog, whatever, go get a coffee with my boys. I'm always in Portobello or, or High Street Kensington or somewhere in West London, Knightsbridge, whatever. Sit, chill for a couple hours. We go up to, uh, I was about to say where I play. To be fair, it's on my story, but I, I go up to the tennis courts, 
or yeah. the gym or whatever, play some tennis, jacuzzi for a couple hours and zero trading. I don't look at a chart. I don't speak to anyone about trading, blah, blah, blah. Because you, mm-hmm. your mind needs to be in its zone and it needs to be healthy for you to sit there and look at candlesticks for the day. And people may be like, nah, man, this guy's on this woke shit. Nah, I'm actually, I'm actually the least woke. I'm, I'll hate all this woke shit or just take mm-hmm. a thousand vitamins and that. Forget about it. But hydration and and mental kind of strength before the week is so important, bro. Yeah. And I was speaking to Omar about it. Like, I go for long walks all the time. All the yeah. time. If I have a winning day, yeah. literally winning day, go for a long walk. Losing day, go for even longer walk. And even, like, I know a lot of people are not Muslim and trading, but I find Salah, just that prayer that takes you away from your life and gives you that submission to your creator for your five to eight minutes is so important for me because this is my time to understand I'm no one. I've been created on this on this planet for one purpose. Um, and that is like my purpose is set. There's no confusion about it. Get in front of my God, thank him for everything, ask for forgiveness and ask for whatever more I need. And, and that's the end of it. And then I come back to my day normal. And if you're not mm-hmm. taking these little breaks from your day to kind of make sure your mind's in check, you're going to get battered by the markets, bro, because yeah. markets yeah. run on human inefficiency. They don't run on um, like people losing because they're dumb. They run, they run on people's emotions. Yeah, People lose money based on emotion and people win money because they're robotic or extremely confident. It's two things. You're either, if you're not that confident, you better be disciplined. And if you're not that disciplined, you better fucking be confident. There's no 50-50 with it. Yeah. You yeah. have to be disciplined or confident. Yeah, 100%. Man. Do, you know, do you know what it is? Yeah? It's like, let's say for me, myself, um, in, in gym, right? When I was younger, when I first started gym with some of my boys, I wanted to be the strongest. You know, it's just that natural competition that like you just yeah. want to be the best. Or, well, not everyone has it, but I know there's people out there, everything you touch, you just want to be the best at it straight away. Yeah. And I was I was proper like that in the gym. I just wanted to lift the heaviest, do everything. And I I used to study a lot, like just for the sake of it. You know how you were saying you read random articles and stuff like that. I used to literally, for no reason, after school, I used to never revise for my exams anything, but I'll sit down, I'll study supplements for like three hours or like exercises, how to do exercises, but blah, blah, blah. Like I used to just love that stuff. And even though I was so in love with it and I understood things, right? The one thing that I could never grasp was that if I wanted to get stronger in the gym, I needed to be in the gym less. And that was something I hated. Like I used to be yeah, in there every single recovery, day. recovery, man. Yeah, yeah, I used to be in there every single day. And then at one point in my life, I don't do it no more, but at one point in my life, I was, I was like, okay, cool, fuck it. Like, I'm, from now, I'm going to go three, four times a week and I'm going to take those breaks in between. And that way, my weights will actually go up and my weights did go up. And I think it's, it is similar with trading, right? Of course, um, a lot of people might have this sort of, you know, at first, you can't really be asked to backtest. You're a bit lazy like in your trading career. And then eventually you kind of fall in love with the charts and you might start doing it too much as well. You have to find balance because the way your brain is when you're actively trading, like you're in a trade, you're watching the charts versus when you're studying is very different, right? And I know, I guess you could compare studying to something like stretching. Stretching is you're like outside the gym, but it's still related to gym and it's still helping you recover and whatnot. So yeah. what it is, is like you're saying, it's all about, you know, finding balance because 
if you don't find that balance, you're going to overwork yourself. You're going to crash and then that crash might lead to, you know, a million other things. So, yeah. It's, yeah. It's and, and a lot a lot of guys, they crash and they can't recover. That's why mm. I say just take your slow growth because going back under and becoming a non-profitable trader is so hard to come out. So you have, like even me now, I only really trade Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I barely trade Mondays mm. and I, I, I don't trade Friday. I, I might take a trade if it's just a stupid, obvious setup that I'm itching to take. But 90% of the time, I don't trade Fridays. And that's not because I can't make money on Mondays, Fridays. I just make less on them. So I said, I might as well eliminate them. I give myself mm. more rest. I still chart those days, but I just don't take positions. So emotionally, I'm fine. And, and I've learned, I, I used to struggle with positions I don't take that I charted. I used mm. to get so upset about trades I didn't take. But I'm at the point now where I just don't care. Well, I, if I can make my target uh, that week, and I, I don't have money targets, I just have like, um, I, I don't think your target should ever be based on outcomes, right? You shouldn't say, I need to make 5K this week. It should yeah, be more yeah. like, I should follow my model and try to, as in, base it on what you can do, not what uh, yeah, yeah, is a result like- of what you do. If yeah, that makes sense because you can't control yeah. exactly. So my goals are always execution, execution based. Like I, I try to trade on my hours perfectly. Don't sit outside of them, which sounds very easy. But I find mm. myself trading twelve fifteen, fucking London lunch on a Tuesday, like an absolute idiot a lot of the mm-hmm. time, and, and I'm getting out of that now. But I don't do it anymore. So yeah, it, it's hard to come back when you fell off. So just go for your little small little pushes. We like I said, three hundred k account ten cent a month. You're eating thirty bags a month, bro. You're laughing, and and I know a lot of traders doing that very quietly. Like you'll be shocked. Like mm. fund, funded accounts are massive. Even Percy's, you can have a fifty k Percy and make more than someone on a two hundred k account because you're risking four yeah. percent. They're risking 0.5. Well, you're risking three. They're risking 0.5. Actually, if they're risking 0.5 on a three hundred k account and you're risking 3% on a 50K, you're making the same amount of money. So mm. yeah, again, it is it is all about small, consistent growth. And I know I rant about it all the time. People will be like, so why do you take 12R trade? If the market offers me 12R, I'll take it. But well, yeah, that's yeah. not the objective to chase a percentage growth. Uh, let's just make money this month, bro. Yeah, yeah. Especially, do, do you know what it is? Um, so of course, I, I've... I've struggled a lot with discipline i'm good at getting the work done and then whatever and then coming onto charts i used to really struggle with not over trading and then if i've over traded trying to revenge trade and one of the other things you mentioned i used to like when i first learned about bias i used to do this a lot right so i used to get my daily bias and then be so certain you know today's going to be a bearish day and then go ahead and only look for bearish setups for like four hours and it took me quite a while to like work through that and where it is with like I guess all these sort of obstacles is you have to really break them down. Like I've, I've done a lot of stuff, right? Like outside of trading, but I can definitely say this is like trading itself mentally is probably one of the hardest things that certain people worst. Bro, it's, the, yes. it's, the, it's bro. Trading is not easy mentally. Mm. I don't know where that misconceptions come. If someone says trading is nice and fun, I promise you they'd trade demo accounts. I say this all the trading is not fun. I don't want to trade. 
it is it's just it pays me so it's like yeah, yeah, cool. yeah i will stop trading within the next five years a million percent there's not there's actually not a single doubt in my mind that in five ten years i'm done because it's just not fun it's just mentally exhausting it's very very stressful like you said you get your daily bias wrong and you're, you're sat there feeling like an absolute idiot but again like i said i'm at the point now where i focus so heavy on making money when i'm wrong i got my bias wrong two days of this week absolutely wrong and i made six percent on both days well six and nine percent on my funded so i was like yeah fuck it bro i'll take it yeah came out on top anyway isn't it but that's all that matters bro coming out on top Mm, so so how comes of course we've been speaking about funded accounts and stuff but you were saying you basically prefer trading your percy so how, yeah. how like what's the whole thing behind that I, look, i've been funded since last year mm. um let's assume let's just talk basic numbers let's say i had a 100k account yeah and let's say i made 10 percent a month in the eight nine months that's already 90 100k yeah let's say 10 months but i've been funded for one month are we in june so say, yeah let, let's say eight months i made 10 percent a month that's 80k if I just kept 30k in my pocket and put 50 on a Percy, I believe in myself, bro. I'll withdraw all my funded peas every time into a, a Percy for a year. No issue. And I'll, I'll live my life off my mentorship money and build my Percy. But let's just say I take 50% of it, humble little 40 bags. If I risk 3% on a 40k account, yep. yeah, I'm making more than risking 1% on a 100k account. Yeah, yeah. So if you're funded for long, build your personal account because I don't get equity drawdown. No one can tell me don't hold trades over the weekend. I can now swing positions. There's a lot of extra things I can do that funded traders can't. That's not to slam funded, bro. I'm funded myself and I'm passing the challenge right now. I'm actually, I've got Mm -hmm. two open. So I'm here talking about it, but I love funded, bro. Easiest way to make money, pass a 100K account, first pay out 15 bags, you can burn it the next week. Wallah is bread and butter, bro. I, I love it. Yeah. MF, I told everyone I'd get MFF tied on my neck if I weren't Muslim, bro. I'd get on my forehead. Wallahi, bro. I'd get MFF across my forehead if it weren't hurrah. That's how much I love MFF, bro. But nah. at the end of the day, Percy's just allow you to do certain things. And I always said it, your aim should be a prop-sized Percy. But again, some people don't have the psychology to risk 3%. Me, personally, yeah. I'd rather risk 3% on my Percy than 1% on my funding. Because I can only lose 12 trades in a row on my funding. On my mm. Percy, I can do 3% 33 times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get you still. Now, that does make sense. It, it gets that like you know extra freedom. And I guess you're not stressed because uh, I don't know if you've been there, but you know, let's say if you're ever close to your, um, what's it called? Like your drawdown limit or even just generally, you know, when a trade's close to your stop loss and you're seeing like the numbers bouncing. I've I've been in a position before where I think I was on my phase one and basically I just sat there watching the trade. It hit 1% or as in I took a, a st- I had a stop loss of 1%. I got taken out and now I'm sitting there looking and I, I just didn't want to trade for the rest of the day and I could still afford three more percent if I wanted to because I already taken it all that day. But it's just like, it kind of becomes scary in a sense. And I've said this to some of my boys. So my first ever funded that I took, I blew. And I was telling them the same week I was trading my Percy and I had my most profitable week on my Percy that I'd bro. ever had at that point. And bro, I was oh, looking at bro. myself like, I'm a donut. Because if you saw the way I was trading Listen. with my MFF, man. 
It was crazy. Bro, wallahi. Wallah. Ask the guys I've traded with. I done minus 2% on a 200k MFF account. Yeah. Mm. Minus 2%. Wallahi, Adeem, bro. The same week, my Percy went up 85%. But but this and no wallah and this is why I, but me my psychology is my worst part of my trading black and white my understanding of markets wallah I can talk to any trader in the scene a liquidity trader and market structure any trader in the in the scene and have a ten hour conversation and wallahi they'll be impressed and I'll be impressed but psychology bro it's not for me on my Percy I reached three percent I hit a twenty R trade still remember it was a Nasdaq short bread and butter and then I caught like a 12R or something uh, later that week well like 85% and my purse is decent sized I was over the fucking moon bro it was one of my best trading weeks it was recent my funded was down 2% and I'm trying to explain it to Gio and he said bro are you just stupid <laughs> I said bro I don't know what I'm doing like I don't I take yeah, certain yeah, trades yeah. on my MFF because I'm scared and then I take all my trades on my Percy. And then he's like, bro, you're just dumb. You're just a stupid guy. And it don't make sense to Gio why I do that. But to me, I get shook when I'm on it. I don't know. Man. But I've got it's, to the point now, I think holding more than one fund is good. So I don't care if I burst one because I know there's another one. And I know I've yeah, got paid out yeah. a certain amount from that one. So if I burst it, I'll just do another one next week and pass it. So it's like, yeah, we're all good. Yeah, and that's that's what I've seen a few people say on Twitter before, and I never thought of it like that. That like when I wanted to get funded, I'm just thinking, you know, I want to get this account and use it to pay off my life, like you know, the next ten years, whatever. But I was coming on Twitter and I saw some of these American Twitter guys, and they're basically saying they're the best, bro. Yeah, they're saying get a funded, cool, you know, be a bit conservative when you're in your phase one and two. When you're live, just rinse it, like milk the funded. Because even if you make, I don't know, you got 200k funded, you make something like 40k, you paid a bag, you made 40k, go buy another account after, keep rinsing it and like, you know, like make the most of it essentially as fast as you can and then just do another and another line. I guess it makes sense. The second you secure your first payout, yeah, Mm. just go ham. Wallah. I tell this to everyone, you secure that first month a nice payout. I'll start risking 2%. It's just yeah. vibes after that. Because you get your initial back as well. And on top of that, if you blow the account, you didn't lose actual money. So at the end of yeah. the day, like, do you get like, there's nothing to be scared about in that sense. And I guess on your Percy, cool, like you as a trader yourself, you believe in yourself and whatnot. But for a lot of like, let's say newer traders or like other traders, it might not be a thing where, you know, they want to come and risk 3% or they might just have a thing where losing their own money affects them. Like, of course, everyone's psychology is very specific to themselves. And this is why I always, always mention, right? If you're in this industry, you have to be self-analytical because your own habits, your own personality, how you react to losing, winning, everything, it's not going to be the same as everyone else. So you have to kind of break it down exactly. like you and tailor to yourself. But yeah. A million percent. Cool. No, and... That's why I don't give opinions on these things too much because that's just yeah. my preference. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. It's just a preference. Yeah. yeah no, I hear you, man. Okay, cool. So the next thing I was going to talk about today. So you've got so you've got two dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah, two dogs. So th- uh, what breed are they? Uh, one's Husky. Mm. One's Husky Malamute. How how long have you had them? That's hard, man. Because you see me, uh, I've uh, always wanted a dog, bro. 
but my mum don't let me get one, man. It's crazy. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> me, I'm uh, 20 now. Yeah, bro. Give it two years, she'll let you get one, bro. Right. Pay, pay the rent and she'll let you get it, bro. But, uh, I've, I've yeah, had man, my husky... Go on. Yeah, I've had my husky for like... Uh, almost two... He's two in September. I got him up to, so like 20 months now. I've had him for 20 months. Bro. It's tough though, bro. Damn, he's a little, he's a little shit, bro. He's the mm. worst, bro. He drives me up a wall. I'm surprised he's not in here now making noise. That's why I have to close my door. He'll come in and just start howling, trying to make me take him out. He's the worst, mm-hmm. but I love him. Yeah, man. They're, they're really intelligent and stuff as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's like, what, what he does, I've yeah. Got... I put food down. So, bro, I think there's a mad delay in the speaking. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a little bit of yeah. but it's cool. Yeah, Karen. Yeah, so I put food down for him. Like, I'll put down quite a bit of food. And what he'll do, I'll go upstairs. Um, He'll eat some, but he'll hide the rest in my garden. Or just, like, in corners that I can't get to. And then he'll come back and pretend he's hungry. And then I'll put more food down for him. And then later on that night, I'll find him eating his old food that he hid. <laughs> nah, he's smart, man. He's smart. That's like, um. so I've got two cats. I've got a new kitten, I think, literally last week. And so, of course, I have to give her, like, her, like, baby food. And I've got a bigger cat. This guy comes in and he'll literally come in. He'll just act normal. Next thing I know, he's eating all her food. And then he starts eating his own as well. And it'll just leave, like, nothing happened. Like, because cats are very quiet as well. It's jarring, man. But, yeah, I love I love having still. Man. I've got I love four cats, bro. Right. Four, you know. Yeah, but I've got a jungle. Yeah, that's good. No, I love, I, if I could, I'd genuinely have more animals. If you could have like any pet, what do you think you get? Uh, I'd get a horse in the butt. No, I'm joking, man. <laughs> I'd probably, I don't know. You know what? It is? There's a lot of animals I love, yeah, but I just don't think it's fair to keep them captive. Yeah, yeah. If I, I lived in a different environment, I'd get like a monkey. Yeah, that's not the small ones. Yeah. Or, or I'd get a dolphin, bro. But yeah. dolphins are very like emotional animals. Like they're emotionally aware or astute. So like they, they can fall into depression. Even I'm pretty sure lions or is it leopards? One of the big cats, actually, maybe it's all the big cats, they, they get quite depressed quickly as well. Sometimes they give them baby dogs, like little little dogs to play with. Oh, so, yeah, they, yeah. so they don't get depressed. But yeah, I don't think it's fair to keep a lot of these animals. But if I did, if it was like a nice environment for it. Probably a monkey, a dolphin, or a lion. Hundred percent one of those three. Yeah, and then nah, that's standard, bro. Like them, like them, like guys, the shakes in it. They always have them like lions and tigers and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but them are not tap. They don't care about nothing, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I get a wolf. You know, I feel like wolves are quite quite cool, like a cool animal, but, but they're a bit scary. Yeah, you, you know what it is? Because my dog's got very like wolf instincts. I mm. clocked it. It's hard to have. You know, like my dog, when I take a bone off him, he gets very aggressive. But it's, it's yeah. that primitive nature kicks in. And it's yeah. like, it, it would probably be the same with a lion, to be fair. I don't know why I'm acting like a lion's <laughs> any better. But like, at least with monkeys and dolphins, they're like, I don't know. I don't know, actually. I think I'm digging myself a hole because I'm fucking lying, bro. 
Yeah, man. Huskies are tough, though, bro. Huskies are tough animals, so wolf is probably a lot worse. Mm, mm. What do you think? It, do you think it gets a bit scary sometimes, like when they get aggressive and that? No, never, never. I got full faith in my dog. Bro. I put my hand in his mouth. Like yeah, when he yeah. barks at me or he gets angry, I put my hand in his mouth. Show him he can't bite me. <laughs> like there's a lot of psycho. Like he's yeah. stupid, intelligent. He knows what he's doing in it. So yeah, when he okay. when he's like barking at me or, or or like getting aggressive, he knows he can't do anything. So a lot of the time, I put my hand in his mouth or like I close his mouth. It feels a bit mm. submissive for him, but it's just to remind him. And a lot of people might think it's harsh, but this animal is a big animal. He can kill something. Yeah, whether yeah. it's a baby or he can really seriously damage a human, like he's that strength. So mm. it, it's not something to be taken lightly or jokingly, mm. right? You have got to really make sure these animals know uh, not to be aggressive. But he he's never like goes to actually bite me, and that I would have put him down a long time ago if it's like <laughs> that would gave him away. But because yeah, you just yeah. can't have animals that are willing to bite humans around, bro. I've seen yeah, some calamities. Yeah in my area bro but no he's he's t- he's hard work in it he, he's like having a baby a very yeah. a stupid clever baby that's exactly what it's like a strong yeah. clever baby no dogs dogs are quite hefty as well because i remember the first time i went home, i must have been like 15 or so and i'm coming just looking at all the dogs on like pets for home I'm seeing dogs listed for like three, four k stuff like that. I'm thinking, bro, like, I never knew. I, I paid a lot less. I paid a lot less, but yeah, they're so they, whatever dogs in style is expensive, bro. Like XLs yeah. right now. Yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. One of my one of my boys has an XL, and something something happened to the dog side, right? So of course I've got pets, and I've I've had vet fees before. Vet fees have never probably gone over like a hundred pound a say. This guy tells me his something was wrong with his eye and he had to pay like one point one K just for a visit. I think bro, like that's oh, crazy bro. maintenance, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's worth it though, isn't it? They're yeah. like little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could go back, maybe I wouldn't have got one, but I'd never get rid of him in it. It's yeah. one of those ones. Mm-hmm. So are you are you like into because you were mentioning before, right? So you're into like well, you just read like random articles and stuff. So do you, yeah. like, what's the whole thing behind that? Uh, I think, I think knowledge is important. Uh, some of the work I do uh, outside of trading, yeah. uh, I do like consultancy in private equity in um, yeah. emerging markets. So like helping, uh, like, I was about to say a client's name, I probably shouldn't do that, but <laughs> help yeah. like investment banks in, in Europe, America and England uh, mm. specifically like English ones and European ones invest in like uh, markets in Africa like uh, startups in Nigeria Ghana Kenya whatever so a lot of the work I do is based on in, like private equity so therefore I need to read quite a bit on that anyways but I do yeah. have a natural enjoyment in knowledge like I can tell you inflation rates the highest they've been uh, I can tell you like oil prices blah blah, blah like as long as you want for years, years mm. of information just stored in my head. Not because I need it, but it's like if I'm in your spare time, you have to do something you enjoy. Sadly, I genuinely enjoy uh, <laughs> keeping information. One yeah. that's the honest truth. I won't even sit here and pretend it's anything other than that. I just genuinely enjoy reading about this stuff. Also, yeah. I'm good friends with someone 
who's unbelievably intelligent and he he works in a bank as well and then i've got another friend who doesn't work in a bank but he might as well so we sit quite a lot we gym together and we speak about a lot of this stuff right and uh it's like if you're sitting with your friends a lot of guys are sitting there speaking about chicks and blah 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 that's not really what my friends are about maybe it's because we're a bit older or maybe we're just weird but we tend to sit there talk about inflation the yen strength fucking just weird shit bro apple's earnings and tesla cutting 10 percent stuff and blah 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 real wage growth that's just how it is so that's kind of another motivating factor now when i get lazy i go ah bro i can't go into tomorrow's conversation head loss so i'll just read a bit anyway that's probably a nice thing to do in your spare time it keeps your mind sharp it keeps you reading a lot of people don't read which is sad so it keeps yeah. you reading. It keeps you kind of ahead, like on top of world politics. So, yeah, I wouldn't say there's anything specific, but I'm just weird like that. No, no, I hear it. That's that's something actually quite similar. Like I used to do that quite a bit. I've well, I've fallen off a little bit, but one one thing I love to do when I was younger, I don't know if you've seen them, but you know you've got channels like All Time Tens, and um, there's these like weird YouTube channels, and they'll just have random facts on really like just bizarre stuff. Infographic show. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So I used to just learn about. Well, I used to sit there learning about earthquakes one day, mountains, volcano, like just next, next stuff, just for the sake of it. Because you know what it is if you do kind of have that skill, it's 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 something so sick. Because if your brain can just genuinely soak that stuff up and I guess be stimulated by it, by it, you have an advantage that your brain likes learning and being challenged and you know whatnot. So you can apply that to a lot of different things. But yeah, it's hard, man, and. Like you said, a lot of people don't read and they probably should be reading. Even even me myself, um, I used to read a lot more than I do now. And I remember my brain used to be a lot sharper when I was reading every single day. But yeah, hopefully, you know, I'm I'm working on a book and I want to hopefully try to get that out some point next year, maybe. Can't, can't really put a time on it. It's hard, but yeah. yeah, we'll get back to it. And then all the people in our space might have something sick to read man but yeah no for real i used i used to blog quite a bit and write mm. like big pieces like all, all the old guys would know i used to write like very big pieces similar to like a few, it's like nice blogs but you know what it is i just ain't got the time no more i wrote a very nice blog about inflation to be fair yeah. about a year ago mm. And speaking about how this year we're going to face like a housing crisis in the summer and an inflation crisis and the inflation crisis has hit. Let's see what happens with housing. But again, yeah, I definitely recommend taking that book seriously, bro. Like there's not a lot of people our age writing uh, good pieces really. And I'll definitely read it, bro. (laughs) Yeah, come on. Even, even literally the other day. So I've started a journal now. So it's kind of like a public journal. I've got a private one all my actual setups and stuff but on this journal um one of the things i'm kind of planning is to just you know make these kind of like think pieces or little bits of writing and then people can kind of just take in i dropped one today so everyone listening if you're in my group chat you can just go find it and there's going to be in there somewhere probably pinned but are you shitting your own thing in your own thing (laughs) but you can you can show anything you want not not that you need to you've got like you got too many people in your journal already but yeah, yeah my journal's useless now, bro. I'll I'll mm. post the most I post the m- most vague information nowadays, wallah. I put four one six oh and just left it like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you think do you think people figured it out though? Well, I put I put I, I hope so. I don't yeah, know. Because I, uh, I, I, I don't trade S&P, but I, I figured it out. I clocked in it. But yeah, I put 409.0 first, and then I hope I hope someone took the trade. That was an easy couple of percents in that move. Easy. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I've, I've never really actually used someone's journal to learn, but I remember um, mm. the first ever journal I actually got interested in was Banz's, and I didn't know that it was Banz the whole time, but it's because his journal is called Dark Arts Journal. And yeah. that's like a Harry, it's a Harry Potter reference. I was like, oh, this looks kind of cool. I used to just scroll through his journal when he used to post stuff, just like analyze everything. I don't even trade yeah. um, NQ or anything that he trades, but just purely off of watching his journal for a bit, I started um I started to trade NAS and stuff like that. But yeah, man, I think yeah. I think for the people that are listening, if if you can, if it's your sort of thing, like learning off of other people's charts, you know, do you get in a few good journals? Because there are a you know, a few people out there that drop a lot of stuff, even if it's not, you know, a setup or a breakdown, purely seeing why they're marking up an area of significance or a target and trying to like figure it out yourself. But yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, but, yeah, de- definitely. I, you know what? If anyone's listening and they're in my journal already, I would check mm-hmm. out the journals I shouted out for some of my students. That's not even me shilling my students. It's just honestly, they post some really good stuff. They're a lot more open than I am. Yeah. Like, I'll sometimes, you know what is I trade so much that I forget to post, but they're yeah. they're a bit they're a bit better than I am in terms of posting, and yeah, mm. you might even catch some of their accidental signals. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. But cool, man. It's it's been a really big pleasure having you on here today. I was a bit gassed when you said um, that you don't really do podcasts and stuff, and you're gonna jump on mine. So, no, uh, I don't. I, this is probably the only one that I'll see this year. I turned down. I turned out some pretty decent size ones last year. Thank God for that, because they got exposed this year. But yeah. it's, it's oh, not right. really my thing. Like I think one of the reasons maybe people are interested in hearing this is because I, we're very quiet with what we do. I'm not, I'm not really mm-hmm. open and out there. So uh, I hope it's given you like, some sort of insight. And like I always say, if you guys want to see the latest traders, go follow Geo and T. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of people requesting this so I hope they like everything that we delivered today and it's really been a pleasure having you on here today bro and I appreciate your time for jumping no, I appreciate on, bro. you bro I appreciate you and I appreciate yeah. everyone asking for it as well man yeah well have a good day bro or well a good night now it's quite late but yeah man I'll catch <laughs> you later bro alright we'll speak soon my boy love